As I turn my attention in the next several weeks to Easter, which is the second Sunday of April, between now and then, I'm going to have a single focus, and that's the cross. For you see, for us as Christians, the cross is not just something, it's the main thing. And that's my subject this morning. The cross is the main thing, always has been for the people of God and always will be. Galatians chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 11. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I, that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by who the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. If you want to experience power, know his peace and be able to extend his love and mercy, then our relationship with Jesus must and always must center on the cross. For the Christian faith, the cross is, the cross is not just some part of our faith. It is the main thing. Without the cross, there is no power. Without the cross, there is no freedom. Without the cross, there is no forgiveness. Without the cross, there is no strength. Without the cross, there is no authority. And the bottom line, without the cross, there is no victory. Without the cross, there is nothing at all. Every year as we approach Easter, I try to be observant, and many people will start to focus on the cross as we approach Good Friday and Easter Sunday, on the price that Jesus paid for your sins and for mine. We meditate on the suffering he endured. We focus on the reason for his suffering. And, his suffering. and let's be clear, the reason for his suffering was you and me. We acknowledge our need and his great love. We embrace the truth that his sacrifice enables you and me to trust him. And we embrace the truth that his sacrifice enables us to spend eternity with him one day. But then Easter comes and it goes. And many, if not most, go back to their everyday lives. And it seems that the cross can fade to the background for some. It's not enough that we gather for church every week. It's not enough that we assemble with the right people, with fellow believers. It's not enough to have the right plans or programs to move our discipleship forward. It's not enough to have personal devotions throughout the week. Now, don't get me wrong. All of these things are great, and all of them have their place. But it means nothing without the cross of Jesus Christ being the central and main thing of our faith. We are Christians because of the cross. Without the cross, we are practicing an empty religion. 
Without the cross, all of our rules and our principles are without meaning. Without the cross, all that we are doing is trying to legislate morality, and, but without power. Without the cross, all of our efforts are just that. They are our efforts, our works. Without the cross, we can never reach our full potential. Without the cross, our destiny will always remain out of reach and tied to our flesh. Without the cross, there is no possibility for deliverance from anything. The cross of Jesus Christ is so much more than a piece of jewelry. And I'm not picking on people who wear a cross around their neck or cross earrings. It's more than just an icon. It's more than just a decoration. So much more than an image about an event that happened a long time ago. The cross is not just a past event. It is relevant today for every single life, yours and mine. For, so, for too many Christians, they view the cross as a historical event that one day will take me to heaven. And that's a true statement. But I contend it is a current event that possesses power to bring heaven to earth in each of our lives. In writing to the Galatians, Paul continually, throughout this letter, emphasized the cross. Now, the background on this book, this letter to the churches in Galatia, Paul writes them because there was a problem. They had come to the Lord. They were flourishing as a church. They were committed to the cross and the gospel of Jesus Christ and only the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there had been those who came into their midst who wanted them to follow the gospel of Jesus Christ and they wanted them to be able to add to the gospel. The gospel doesn't need addition. It doesn't need to be taken, have anything taken away. And so he writes this letter and, and encourages, encourages them throughout the letter, focus on the gospel. And it is the cross. It is relevant today. Now, today in our modern technology, in our email and text message-centric world, we're told that if you write something in all capital letters, that you're shouting, that you're yelling at somebody. Having been a sports official for 15 years, I know yelling. And it is not the same. Sending me a text message or an email in all capital letters is very different than having a coach standing on a sideline yelling at you. However, taking that into account, Paul opens this last part of the book of Galatians, the, the letter to these churches, by saying, see, I'm writing in real big letters. He wants them to get the point. I don't know if Paul was trying to shout at them. But he wants to highlight this part of the letter. They all needed to remember the cross and nothing else. Our salvation, our joy, our peace is not based on how many rules we follow. It's not based on how many principles we embrace. It is based on the grace given to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. They all need to remember the cross, and we all need to remember the cross. The cross is central to our very existence as believers. It is our hope. The cross provides a number of different things. The cross provides power. Aren't you glad for the power of God? 
looking back earlier in Paul's letter, we see this church was falling back into trusting not in the cross, but in themselves rather than the cross. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse number 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? They were slipping back into trusting in themselves. They came to Jesus, trusted in the sacrifice he made, were embracing the grace that they could have in their lives and become family with God by faith. And all of a sudden, they got to this place in their walk with the Lord that it wasn't because of the cross or their faith in Jesus, but look how wonderful a Christian I am. Look at all the things I am doing. After all, I am the reason I have what I have. They were slipping back into faith. They were singing Frank Frank Sinatra's song, I Did It My Way. I make my own way. No one's going to tell me what to do. I understand the desire to make sure that various levels of government don't overstep their boundaries. But if there's something that's being asked of me, and I can't find a purely biblical reason not to do it, then I personally have an issue with the only reason I don't do something is because you can't make me. Whenever I hear that phrase, you can't make me, or see that being acted out, I'm picturing, no matter how many years the individual has, I'm picturing a three-year-old saying, you can't make me. I will live my own life and I will live it my way. I don't need anyone. I don't need to thank or be grateful to anyone. And Paul calls this foolish. Foolish people. The cross gives you and me the power to overcome the flesh, to overcome this way of thinking, to realize that any blessing, any joy, any reward, any success, anything that's good in your life is because God is real and he's been good to you. Why would I go back after trusting in the spirit to trusting in the flesh? Doing things in the flesh is about doing things other people can see, which he highlights in verse 12 of chapter 6. My confidence is not in the flesh, because as I have been made, has been made perfectly clear to me in recent weeks with my own health issues, one day my flesh will fade away. And not to worry, one day yours will too. I will trust in the cross of Jesus Christ, which gives me the power to rise above every storm, to rise above every shortcoming, to rise above every weakness, to rise above every challenge. I am thankful for the power in the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross provides power. The cross also provides a relationship. You see, these groups of people, and they're referenced by name earlier in the letter as Judaizers, wanted to pressure the Galatians into adding to what was required to be a good Christian. 
and their reasons for adding it, if it had been purely out of an allegiance to the law, although it still would have been errant, could have been dealt with and understood. But Paul says in chapter 6 that their allegiance to having them fulfill certain aspects of the law, in this case specifically circumcision, was more about avoiding the persecution of the cross. Let's be clear in our world today. The world that you and I walk in each and every moment is not applauding embracing the cross. It's not applauding Christians who want to walk faithfully. It too is trying to take the Christian faith, if it's going to give it any positive vibes at all, it's going to ask that you add to it. Yes, you can be a Christian, but you then also got to think this way. You can be a Christian, but then you also got to accept this or buy into that philosophy or look into this way of how marriage is defined or look into that way as how life is defined or look into this way about how people are defined or look maybe in that about how men and women are defined if we're even allowed to use those terms anymore. I'm not going to add anything to the cross of Jesus Christ or to his gospel. And I'm not going to take anything away. A phrase that my wife had used recently when responding to someone on social media, and it references a legal position. I don't believe in a redacted gospel. I don't believe in taking the gospel of Jesus Christ and drawing black lines through some of it so that we can not have to worry about those parts. I believe in the whole gospel, the entire word of God, and everything that it says. And as I've preached many, many times, if you have an issue with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of God, don't come to me. Go talk to the author. And he would love to talk to you. The cross, the cross provides a relationship. Judaizers would focus on external things. They had religion. Religion is what you and I can do for God. Our walk with the Lord centers on what he did for us. Our walk with him, that's where the power comes from. And also in this area of relationship, that's where the intimacy comes from. Our sense of morality and dedication comes from a love relationship, not out of a desire to impress anyone. But from a love relationship we can have with the master of the universe. I encourage you today, and it's difficult in the world we live in. And this has been true for decades. It's not something new. Don't be defined by what you do. Be defined by who you know. You know Jesus Christ. Be defined, to put it in practical terms, by who your daddy is. Your daddy is the God of all creation. It is our relationship with the Lord that brings depth and meaning to our lives. This is not about what I'm doing, but what about he did. And he went to the cross for you and me. The cross brings and provides power. The cross provides a relationship. The cross provides a new outlook. Aren't you glad you don't think the way you used to think? Aren't you glad that God has just opened your eyes and given you truly a new and transformed mind. In this passage, Paul says that there are two crucifixions that need to happen. And one's already happened, Jesus' crucifixion. The other crucifixion that needs to happen is yours and mine. 
Paul was crucified to all things. Being crucified with Christ, the things of this world move to a different position. I just cannot get on board with many of my coworkers and many people in our communities and many people in this world that the whole purpose for living is to make money because that's not what the Bible talks about. My purpose for living is to fulfill his will for my life. Being crucified with Christ moves everything to a different position. Jesus is our all in all. We no longer live a life that leaves God out of any area or tries to compartmentalize him into this and that. I don't serve a Sunday God. I serve God all week, every day, every moment. And we don't boast in what this flesh can do especially as we go through seasons where the flesh seems to be able to do less and less. I would rather boast in Jesus and what he did. When I embraced Jesus, I embraced his cross, and I embraced my cross. This is the part most people don't like to talk about. We love talking about his cross, but how about your cross? See, because of the because of the cross, I can see people differently, even when I don't want to. Now, I know most of you are much more spiritual than I, so you want to see people differently. But there are some people who are difficult to see differently. Difficult to look at them and see through the eyes of Jesus. Because of the cross, I can love people differently. It's a love not based on what I get, what they give me, what they provide, I can love them based because Jesus loves them, and I love him. Because of the cross, I can bear the burdens of other people. And I was talking with a, a couple yesterday that I'm working with as they're getting married in, in, in July. And we were talking about the verse in the book of Philippians, Paul's letter to the churches of Philippi, where he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All of us have quoted that verse. All of us find tremendous power and strength in that verse and we look to that verse as we're trying to conquer a challenge or climb a mountain in our lives or cross something that is difficult but we know with the power of God you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength and that's a good application for that verse but the context of that verse is not about climbing mountains or overcoming difficulties he says just before those verses I know what it is to be poor I know what it is to be rich. I know what it is to be hungry. I know what it is to have more than enough to eat. I know what it is to be in a place where I'm just suffering, and I know what it is to be in a place where it seems everything is going right. Then he says, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So he's also saying, not only can I do all things, but I can put up with all things. Yeah, I figured it'd be quiet when I said that. I can walk with those who maybe are less along their path of getting to Jesus, less enlightened and even less mature. People want to push the cross out of the way and say it doesn't matter. They want to turn the Christian faith and the gospel of Jesus Christ into a social entity or a club. But because of the cross, I can truly see, I can truly love, I can truly live the way I was created to live. And that's what we get in this new outlook. I can see things in a different way. I can look at this messed up world 
and I was even talking last night with my wife about how long it's been since I watched an evening news program. It's got to be weeks, if not months. And we were commenting on it because something had come up, I forget in what context or on the screen, and it was News 12, so it's local news. So we're not even talking about state or national issues or national disasters or national things that are happening. It was our local news. And they were showing things on the screen, oh, we were out to dinner. And, 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 and News 12 came up on one of the TVs in the restaurant. And I saw there was this massive accident, and then there was this news program about gender identity, and there was this other um, headline about something equally as foolish, and I just thought to myself, that's why I don't watch the news. But my outlook isn't just what a messed up world we're in. My outlook is they need Jesus. They need the power of Jesus to transform, because I know he can do it. He did it in me. The power of Jesus Christ, the cross, provides power. The cross provides a relationship. The cross provides a new outlook. The cross provides identification. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Being his disciple is forever linked to taking up your cross, taking up my cross, and we follow him. It is our ongoing identification. It is our moment-by-moment connection to the Lord. It is our identification with his life, with his purpose, with his death, and with his resurrection. Embracing the cross proclaims our total dependence on Jesus. But pastor, aren't you an independent person? No, I am completely dependent upon Jesus Christ. He is my all in all. He really is all I need. That means bearing the reproach of the cross. There are so many in our culture today that want to take so much of the narrative that is the central part of the Christian faith and call it hate speech. And call it that we're just being mean. Just because we believe that not only Jesus is the way, he's the only way. But what about people who believe other things? Jesus is the only way. But what about people who don't embrace the Christian faith? Jesus is the only way. But what about people who don't see it as truth? Okay, let me try and be redundant here. Jesus is the only way. But how can you say that? I'm just repeating the words of Jesus. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I didn't write it. He did. It is our identification. And it is my, I am totally dependent upon him. That means bearing the reproach of Jesus. That means when people get upset with us, well, you're just being narrow-minded. And though I don't ever respond with what I'm thinking, when they say, you're being narrow-minded, because what I'm thinking is that well, you're being empty-headed. Um, but you're being, some would even say you're being criminal. 
So if I'm guilty of a crime, let it be I'm being totally committed to Jesus Christ. If I'm guilty of a crime, it's of placing him first above this culture, above what's popular, above what other people think or feel. I believe that Jesus is the only way. His ways, his teachings, his principles for life. Identifying with the cross is dying to me, to my wants, to my hopes, to my ambitions. Jesus, my life is about what you want. I've shared my testimony about coming into ministry, about when God touched me and at the age of 17 and said, I want you to be a preacher for the gospel. And my response to him was, you've got to be out of your mind. But it had to get to a place where it wasn't about what I want or what I didn't want, but it had to be about what Jesus, what you want. My ability to overcome and succeed and enjoy life is connected with my Lord, not with my flesh. I am a new creation, which makes me his creation. And aren't you glad for that today? The cross provides power. The cross provides a relationship and a new outlook. And it's my identity, which I'm going to talk a lot about in greater depth in a few weeks. And the cross provides peace and mercy. Aren't you grateful for that? I'll never understand why people insist so much on walking in the flesh. Because I find walking in the flesh exhausting. It's just tiring. Because the truth is, no matter how much you aspire, no matter how much drive you have in your life, there will always be somebody who's better than you. Always be someone whose expectations that you fall short of. Always be someone who thinks you have failed in some significant way. There will always be someone with which you have interpersonal conflicts with. Now, I know. You've got so few interpersonal conflicts in your life that you can take this message and give it to somebody else. But if there are people in your life, you probably have conflicts in your life. Other people can be hard to deal with sometimes. Amen. (laughs) But that's okay. If all the people that you're thinking of right now were sitting here and I made that statement, they'd be saying amen too and they'd be thinking of you and me. But there's good news. In Jesus, all of my failures, all of my sins, all of my weaknesses get hidden in the cross. That gives me true and lasting peace. This entire world, every family member, every friend may remember everything I've ever done wrong. But when I come to Jesus, he throws all of that out the window and all he remembers that you're my child. We get true and lasting peace. And that should that should give me a mindset that since I've been extended such mercy, I can extend that mercy to other people. I should see others not just the way God sees them, but the way God sees me through love and mercy. So if that's what we should be doing, then why doesn't it work that way for so many? Why are some Christians so judgmental? Why are some Christians so unforgiving? Why are some Christians so unloving and downright just unfriendly? Didn't Jesus die for your sins? Didn't he forgive you of every transgression? 
Why then, if we've been forgiven of such great things that sent him to the cross, is it so difficult to extend to others what we have been given not only so freely, but so abundantly? I know why. Paul talks about it. The flesh. But pastor, you don't realize. I've been coming to this church for the past 200 years. I'm so glad this church hasn't been around 200 years because nobody can say that. Also, none of you are 200 years old. But my family built this building. So what? I tithe more than anyone else in this place. So what? This church would be nowhere without me. This church would be nowhere without Jesus, and that's all that matters. This is not identifying with the cross. This is not remembering the cross when we have these mindsets. This is trusting in religious activity, in the flesh. This is making our faith about so many other things than what it needs to be about. When there is only one thing in our lives, it needs to be the main thing. And the main thing for you and I being a Christian is the cross. Now, it's been a while, other than referencing that I did officiate high school football for 15 years, since I've used a football analogy. So for all of you who have missed my football analogies, which is none of you, there are many things that are important in the game of football. There are rules in the game of football. There are players in the game of football. The rules are important, as was my job when I officiated. And the players are important. Scoring touchdowns is important. Otherwise, it would be a real boring game. The field they play on, the condition of the field, is important. But none of these things is the main thing in the game of football. What's the main thing in the game of football? The ball. It is the main thing. Everything is measured by who possesses the ball. It always amazed me at the high school level, and I see it in the pros as well, when there's a fumble and the ball is just kind of rolling around on the ground, and you see these grown men just jumping in every direction to try to capture this little ball. Whether a touchdown is scored or not, it's about a player crossing the goal line, not because he's fast, but with the ball. Men fight over it. Men rejoice over it. Men strive to possess the ball. If the football were missing from football, there would be no football game. Without the ball, everything else that goes on in a stadium would be a complete waste of time. In football, the ball is the main thing. Church and Christianity, the cross, is the main thing. Without the cross, we are wasting our time. Without acknowledging what happened on that cross, what Jesus did on that cross, and its impact, not just on Sundays, but living it out each and every day, that is the main thing. Without, every, without the cross, everything else we do, and I want to say it again, is a waste of time. I don't ever want religion to get in the way of a relationship with Jesus. And one way we can do that, yes, we have principles we want to follow, and we believe in holiness. I will always believe in holy living. But all of that starts with my relationship 
with Jesus and what he did on the cross. With the one who demonstrated the greatest love ever known. And he demonstrated it not just by the miracles he did, not by all he healed, not by how he so freely embraced the children, not by how he was welcoming the banner of friend of sinners. He, he at the height of his expression of love, it was he went to the cross for you and for me. That's why we celebrate Holy Communion, which we will do today. That's why we are who we are as Christians. Hopefully that's why we're all here. Stand with me, please.